All right, so here's the deal. This, is, this whole month has been fairly informal. This morning is probably going to be the most informal of them all, which is kind of funny because we're talking about something really formal like church membership. Um, but my hope is that you can kind of hear our heart on it and really just hear this as an opportunity. Um, so I'm going to share a little, little bit about why church membership, what this means. Um, I strongly encourage you um, if this has kind of been home for you here or you're considering about this being home, um, don't make the decision quickly or lightly. You know, we're going to give an opportunity at the end for anybody that, that feels like they just know this is home to go ahead and make that commitment. Um, but I would encourage you, go back and listen to every sermon this month. Starting with the first Sunday in January, we've unpacked what we believe then the second week, we talked about who we are, kind of just the core, how we're going to operate relationally with each other and in our community. Last week, we did what we kind of call the state of the church address. And we just told some stories from the previous year, gave you an idea of what you can expect in the coming year. We gave a financial report and update. And all of those things are meant to give you a real sense of who we are as a, as a church body. And so this morning, we're kind of finishing this series um, I am going to aim to be done at 11.20. I know it's always dangerous actually giving you a time. Um, that is my goal. If any of this feels like I rush through it, it's not because I don't want to give you full and complete answers. My plan at 11.20 is to go on the other side of that curtain and sit, and there's a couple tables over there. And so there's a couple of things you can do at the end of the service. I realize you've got kids with you. Um, if you want to take some information home, and read through it and get back to us later, come next Sunday um, and fill out your, your membership thing then, that's fine. You can do that. You may go home and say, I want to kind of pour over this and it actually sparks some questions. Maybe there's some things you genuinely are just curious about. You're like, man, I don't really actually know what you're talking about there. I don't fully understand that idea or that concept. Great. Part of why we're doing this is it can create conversations where we can grow in our knowledge of what God's word, word says and also interact with each other. If you disagree with me on something that's in here, say, hey, Jake, I kind of disagree with that. Can we talk about it? And so this is meant to invite a conversation. So if, if you want to take this stuff home and pour over it and get back with us later, great, you can do that. If you want to stick around, I'm ending early so I can sit over there and answer questions and can walk you through becoming a member if you're ready to do that or you just want to process a little bit. Um, so that's where we're going at the end of, end of this. Hopefully that'll be even more clear once we've gone through the next 20 minutes together. All right, so here we go. Membership. I, I kind of have to say starting out uh, two things, both on a personal level and in our church's background back in Franklin, for years, membership wasn't a big thing that we did or talked about. It was kind of just, if you're here, you're here and we're connected and we love each other and great. And after, after years of being that way in middle Tennessee, you know, I think we qualify as the Bible Belt, but like Nashville sort of like the buckle of the Bible Belt. Um, you know, people from more traditional backgrounds were like, why don't we have church membership? Like, we want to commit. We want to be a member. And so instead of just saying, well, hey, let's do that then, we really thought about why, why would we do that as a church? Why is that important? And, and I tend to be pretty casual. I'm like, if you're my friend, you're my friend. If we're spending time together, we're spending time together. And yet, at some point in time, I looked at my wife and said, will you commit to being my wife? 
and we've committed ourselves to each other. And even in friendships, there's just something to be said for like, Wes, you're my friend. I got your back. I know you got my back. And we, just, we express that to each other. I see, I even call out visitors that are like just in town hanging out with me for the weekend. That's my buddy Wes, known him for, I don't know, 17 years, 18 years, something. There's just, there's a moment that comes where you just look at each other and go, man, I love you and I'm committed to you and I want what's best for you. And you're committing yourself to me and there's just something powerful about that. And so at the simplest level, while some of this may feel formal, that's really all we're saying here. We want you here. We want this to be home. And if you feel the same way, then we can look each other in the eye and say, man, we're committed to each other. We're in this together. We're pulling in the same direction. And so there's four things that I kind of want to emphasize, four reasons to answer the question, why membership? Um, The first reason is always the most important. It's the biblical reason. And at the simplest level, I just have to say, um, there's a commitment that's been made. Christ, first of all, committed himself to us. Christ so loved the church that he gave his life for it. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Jesus has committed himself to us. And whether we're committing to a specific church body, you know, Grace Chapel or some other church in Knoxville, when we give our heart to Jesus, we're we're joining his family. We're committing ourselves to him and we are committing ourselves to the church body. And I I believe it's very clear throughout scripture that we were designed to be in in intentional relationship, real relationship with God and with each other. We were made for that. And so I think it's valuable and important biblically to put down roots and say, this is my home. This is my family. I'm committed to these people. We're learning how to follow Jesus together and we're committed to one another. So there's a biblical reason for it. Secondly, there's a societal reason There's a reason in our society, in our culture. Um, I don't know if you've realized this yet or not, but if you intend to commit your life to Jesus and live out what this thing teaches, it really doesn't matter what culture you find yourself living in, you're going to stand out a little bit. You're going to be a little bit different, a little bit set apart. And, And so part of church membership is just saying, hey, like we're in this together. We're going to look and smell a little bit different than the culture that we live in. And it's not about being exclusive, anything but. It's to shine a light on the hope and life that we have in Jesus. But it also goes beyond just a vague societal thing. It's something very real that we face. I don't know if you've discovered this about yourself or not, but I am a byproduct of the culture I live in. There are certain feelings, emotions, things that I do that just come out of being immersed in America and living here. And so we live in an age where commitment is not a big thing. People don't stay committed to marriages. People don't stay committed in their jobs. And you can just go on down the line. We bounce around. We move around. We do that in churches. You know, I hang out this place for a little while and then, eh, not feeling it. I bounce over here. You know, I realize there's, there's real specific things that may cause us to move to a new body, and I don't want to diminish those. But there is such a thing as just kind of church hopping around and bouncing around, and it's a, it's a byproduct of the culture that we live in. And God doesn't call us to that. And there's something powerful about saying, I belong here. It's an unselfish decision to say, I'm, I belong here and I'm committed here. 
I'm sticking this out through thick and through thin. It produces something important in us. So there's a biblical reason, a societal reason. Listen, there's a practical reason. It's important to know who's in. I'm in. We're together. We're family. We're on the same team. I mean, you can look at sports. You can look at companies. Fill in the blank. There is something to be said for a commitment that says we're in. You know, my favorite sports teams, I like to talk about us like we. You know, for example, we won the World Series this year. I don't know if y'all know that or not. But we, the Astros, won the World Series. We won the National Championship, too. Did we? That's a bold move right there. An Alabama fan in Knoxville. All right, it's about to be trouble up in here. Um, we, right? We do that. We identify ourselves. And on some level, like, I, I love that. But I, but I got to tell you the truth. I have to tell myself the truth. I'm a fan. I'm not on the team. I didn't go through the, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the commitment, the heart. Like, I didn't get out on that field and help earn that. There's something powerful about actually being a part of a team and saying, we're in this together. We're pulling in the same direction. We will suffer through our struggles together and we will enjoy and celebrate our victories together. I don't, I don't want to get too much off on a tangent here, but I remember in high school, um, we, had a, we had a pretty, um, we experienced a pretty, in heartbreaking fashion, we lost one year in a championship game. We would go to this tournament every year in Colorado and play a basketball championship. And I think it was my sophomore year, we won the semifinal game by one point, and we were about to play a team for the championship we'd already beaten in the tournament. And we're like, man, we've got this. We go to bed, we wake up the next morning, we find out there was a scoring error. <clears throat> my dad's fault. Um, <laughs> We found out there was a scoring error. And even though it was official in the books, our coach, our team, we wanted to do the right thing. And so we said, well, the game was tied. We didn't really win. And at like 7.30, 8 o'clock the next morning, we had to get up and replay a game that we thought we'd already won. And we lost by like one or two points. Oh, man, we were just devastated, heartbroken. We came back the next year, and we won that tournament. And I can tell you, it was definitely sweeter as a result of having gone through the heartbreak of what we'd gone through the year before. Now, listen, this is high school basketball. It's a small thing, but there's just something to be said for we're in it together. When we're going through hard things, we're there for each other. When we're seeing victories in each other's life, we celebrate together. And so there's just something to be said for I'm in. You know, it's that transition from saying uh, them, there at Grace Chapel, that church versus saying us. That's my church. That's my home. That's my family. And so there's a practical reason. And then finally, there's a personal reason. This, I think this ties in with the biblical reason that we said at the start. But I believe Scripture makes it really clear that part of how we grow is together. Our, our church believes strongly in individual people having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not here to fulfill a religious obligation or check some boxes we're here to grow in a living relationship with a living Savior who loves us. And I believe Jesus invites us all to be disciples. And he invited a group of people to do life with him together. And even when they were working and serving, he sent them out together. He put them in pairs. We were not made to be alone. 
And so, so I believe very personally that, that we grow in the context of community. We grow in the context of community. We push, we challenge, we exhort, we hold each other accountable, we pick each other up when we're down. Iron sharpens iron. And so for, for those reasons, that's kind of the why of membership. Was that, was that too quick? Y'all tracking with me? Okay, a couple other things I just wanna say, uh, just to maybe answer a couple of questions preemptively. Do I have to be a member if I come to Grace Chapel? No, no, there's no pressure. It's not required. We are extending an invitation. There is an opportunity. You can take that invitation six months or a year from now. You can decide later, like, I'm, okay, I think I'd like to be a member now. Great, it is an opportunity that is available. In fact, this place needs to be full of people who aren't members. This, I'm gonna say that again. People, our community needs Jesus. We need the forgiveness that he offers. We need the healing that he offers. We need the life that's found in Jesus. This room, this space that we gather in should be full of people who are not members. The beauty of being a member is we get to help create a home for those people to come into. We're creating an atmosphere where people who are just like them, broken, fallen, and in need of a savior, have found life and hope in Jesus, and now we can come alongside and say, man, I don't have it all figured out. I blow it all the time. I struggle just like you, but man, I know the one who's got the answers. Imagine how sad the story of the prodigal son would be if he came home and there was no loving father there waiting for him. What if he came home to an empty house or just to the, <laughs> or just to the older brother, right? It'd be heartbreaking. Part of, part of being members, part of being community is we're saying, I want to be a part of welcoming in those who are lost, those who are hurting. So it's actually not about being exclusive. It's about being inclusive. It's about being a people who have a heart to welcome in others to find the love of Jesus. Does that make sense? So it's not required. There's no pressure we'll make the opportunity known. We're going to intentionally make it known for a few weeks in a row because people miss Sundays here and there. Um, and then we'll bring it up every so often as just an on-ramp to say, hey, if you're ready and you want this, come on and we'll tell you about who we are and we'll answer questions. And if this is home, great. But there's, there's no pressure. It's not required. What is expected of members? Basically, we're going to try to walk this out with the help and grace of Jesus the best we can filled, empowered by God's spirit, loving each other and encouraging each other along the way. We're not going to heap on a bunch of extra stuff that's not in here. We're going to walk according to God's word and be his family, be the hands and feet of Jesus. The biggest difference, if we could just sum all of this stuff up, the biggest difference between someone who comes here and attends and someone who's a member is the word commitment. That's it. It's just saying, I'm in. We're committed to you. You're committed to us. We're committed to each other. I'm not this formal pastor on staff. I am a part of this body. I, I'm in need. I need people to come alongside and challenge me, encourage me. We're doing this together. That's the invitation. So a couple of things to give us some action steps, and I'm going to wrap this up. Um, first of all, 
let's say you decided I am committing, I'm going to be a member. What does this look like? What's next? What would maybe look a little bit different potentially if I was a member? Um, I want to give you four simple things. I'm committing to knowing God more and more each day. I'm not committing to being perfect. I'm not even committing to yet tomorrow necessarily being better than today. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my life with Jesus has been a lot of like two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes one step forward, two steps back. It's a struggle. But like the goal is we're pursuing a real relationship with God. And part of our commitment as the church, if you're saying, man, I'm in, you're immediately getting people that are going to rally behind you. We figure this out together. If you're saying, hey, I want to commit myself to knowing God more and more each day, I don't even know where to start. Great. That's why we're here. That's not a thing to be embarrassed about or to feel guilty of or to feel dumb like I don't have the answers. Um, I, I love this phrase. Um, our attitude towards reaching out to each other is simply this. It's one beggar showing another beggar where to get bread. I have found that Jesus has had the answers. I don't have the answers. He does. Let's help each other get there. And so we're committed to knowing God and growing our relationship with each day. We're committed to participating consistently in gatherings. We're going we're gonna to be committed to being here pretty regularly together. It's good for us individually to be encouraged, to worship, to grow in the word. It's also good for others. Again, it ties into having a place that's home to welcome people. If we're committed members, we're going to be here ourselves worshiping, but loving on and welcoming other people that walk in. Um, it's not a requirement. I want to say that, but I do want to emphasize this next point. I believe it's very important for us to be in relationship that extends beyond this room on Sunday mornings. And so I, I would strongly encourage our members to be in a life group. If it just doesn't work, if the, the schedule doesn't work, I get it. Then you need to find a few people and go, can we pretty consistently get together and talk about Jesus together, pray for one another? Can we do it over a cup of coffee? Like it doesn't have to be formal, but consistency and relationship is important. And so let's, let's be connected with each other. Um, and then finally, being a member means I'm, I'm serving the church. I'm, I'm giving of myself to the church. And so really simply, you'll hear me say these three things all the time. It helps because they all start with the letter T. Um, but ways that you can serve and be a giver is with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. There's things I do here that I'm not good at and don't particularly like but I serve and do them. There's other things that I do that, I mean, the word talent maybe feels a little odd, but things that, you know, they're kind of more in my sweet spot. I enjoy them. I'm good at them. And the body benefits from that. And then I, I give financially to the church. My wife and I practice that. And so um, I would encourage you to consider doing those things as a part of being committed to the church. Okay, we good? All right, so here, here's what we're going to do. Um, we have got... About three pages. This will be available over there. I'm going to mention a couple of them and then dismiss us. Um, that, that have just kind of, in some formalized ways, our statement of faith. Core things that we believe. And then also a lifestyle statement. Just saying these are ways we're going to live things out if I'm a member. Okay? And so we want to make those available for you all to really clearly understand what you're committing to. And you get to take them home with you. You'll also get a copy of the commitment we're making, if you're making one, a membership covenant, and to keep, 
Okay? So all of that's kind of in one little packet over there. Read it. Sit over here and read it. I'll be over there to answer questions. You can take it home with you in process. And then there's a two-page thing that simply states what our covenant is. You can sign it if you're in. And then there's a get to know you thing. Some of you guys, I could maybe answer a lot of these questions for you already because we've gotten to know each other. Um, but fill that out. Just gives us a sense of who you are, your background. We ask you to flip over the page. Tell us your testimony. How did you find Jesus? What did he do in your life? And again, I want to emphasize this. If you're reading through stuff here that you're uncertain about, it's new to you, it's unfamiliar, and you have questions, this is not meant to push you away. It's meant to start a conversation. Let's sit. Let's talk. If there's things you disagree with, my preference would be that we talk about it before you just go, I'm out of here. But if we disagree, we disagree. It's a, we can agree to disagree in life. Um, and so take your time, go through this stuff. Um, I also want to say, I want to point out two specific things. I know I keep saying I'm almost done. <laughs> but I want to point out two specific things because they are potentially the most controversial, okay? And so I just want to say this up front. So in our lifestyle statement, there are two things. One is addressing tithing. And I want to say this to you. If that's new to you and you're uncertain about it and you're like, I don't know if I want to sign something and if I'm not even sure about this thing, why don't you wait for a minute? Because in the month of February, for the first time since we've been here, we're going to unpack um, giving. And we're going to talk about it beyond finances, but we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about finances. And it's not just about tithing. The whole series will cover good stewardship and debt. What does God say about debt? Really practical things about our finances. But one aspect we will talk about is the Bible's approach to giving. And so if that's either been something that's been a sore subject in the past or it's something you're unfamiliar with, if you want to hold off and wait till we've taught on that and can wrestle it through together a little bit, great, let's do that. Um, the other area is on marriage. And we believe what the Bible teaches about marriage. And I realize we've got our young ones in the room, so I'm not going to get super in-depth and specific. But, but I believe that our intimacy is meant to be expressed in one way, in a committed, lifelong relationship between one man and one woman. I believe the Bible teaches that and makes that clear. I will say that I think the church has a long way to go in learning to communicate the truth and love of God towards a lost world. And we're not going to have a hardened or closed off heart towards people that disagree with us. We want to accurately represent the love of God. And so I want to point y'all to something. We taught a message this summer in August. It was August 16th. You can find this message on our website. It was Love and Hate Part 12. It was titled In His Image. And it was a whole message on how men and women were made in the image of God and what he designed for us and also how we love people um, in a biblical way who disagree with us. And so I would strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that message. There are also resources online I think it's important to know who we are and where we stand on that issue. I also think it's massively important for the church to have love and grace and be able to communicate the why. Why do we believe this? I don't believe it in a rigid, judgmental way. I believe we're all broken and we need Jesus to heal all of our brokenness. And he has a loving, compassionate heart. Some of the people most drawn to Jesus were people who were broken and struggling with sexual sin. And he never condemned them. He also did not condone them. 
They came, he loved, he forgave, and then he said, go and sin no more. He did not condemn, but he did not condone. And that's our heart on the issue. So as a really brief response, I realize that, but I just want to make y'all aware of that and encourage you. I would be happy to sit down and talk in a more detailed way about those things. All right. We good? Okay. Let me. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your commitment to us. We thank you that you are faithful when we are faithless. Jesus, we ask you in advance for help and grace to be committed to one another, to stay committed to one another, to love each other, to be gracious towards each other. Thank you for family. And so God, I just pray you'd make it really clear to us um, where you're calling us to be. God, I pray for every person here and even folks that aren't here this morning that will listen to this later. Um, God, I know that you have called your people to be in a place that's home, to be in a church home. And God, make it clear if that's meant to be here for people. God, we love you. We lean on you for help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.